Draymond Green is taking it up a notch. Now his theatrics are WWE style. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So there was a scuffle. Clay Thompson, Jaden McDaniels, they got into things. Then Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green. Gobert gets put in a chokehold. <laughs> Bye, Draymond. Can't make it Let's up. bring in some help. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. Let's bring in some help with these NBA scuffles we've seen lately. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us in Perk. Thanks so much for your time. Draymond being Draymond once again. What did you make of this one? Unacceptable. Um, and 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 this is what happened when you know. You, you don't really put your foot down on the on the last one, right? And if this is a behavior through, from Draymond that's been going on for a while. And I feel like, you know, Adam Silver and the NBA got to put their foot down and make a statement on this one. Draymond got, has to stop this. Like, this is not basketball. This is, you know, somewhat bullying, and it's bad for the brand. Like you can't put nobody in the chokehold. Like, what are we? That's not being an enforcer. Like, what have we come to? Well, I mean, if you go back to the '80s, yeah, that was commonplace, right? But yeah, we're 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 in the uh, you know 2020s, so you can't do that in this day and age. And look, you, you were a guy that would defend your your players. Would you have recognized in in the moment? Would you have recognized that Gobert is going in not to go after? Right, Clay Thompson, but to break up the fight. Yeah, yeah, but and this is what I'm saying. What what about a a, a light push, or you yeah. know, or yeah. yeah, a hard push, not a a 15 second chokehold. Like that, that's crazy. And and at that point, the guy was surrendering. Like Rudy threw his hands back. At no point was he trying to even show that he was trying to fight back. And what I'm saying is, if, even when you look back, you know, a couple of nights ago, when they played the uh, when Golden State played the the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Draymond gets into it with Donovan Mitchell, like who in the world gets into it with Donovan Mitchell? I, I've never seen anyone really get into it with Donovan Mitchell. All I hear is about how players respect him, love him, how great of a person he is, and all that. And then he goes to social media on top of that and double down on who he is. I mean, that's just ridiculous. We are talking about a dude who we watched punch his teammate in the face. So there's that perk. But with Draymond, to me, I'm at a point with Draymond where I said off the top there, it's WWE theatrics. I feel like that's what he's auditioning for every time. Like right now, he's auditioning to just build his brand or something. It all feels calculated to me, like theatrical. I agree, and, and and to me, I think is is more so Draymond's trying to figure out a way how can he junk up the game, right? And because of his 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 offensive, uh, you know, his offensive game taking the step, you know, going down, right? And so it's like all of a sudden, what can I bring to the table? Well, he tried to bully. Method with with Anthony Edwards the first game that they played him he saw that went Anthony Edwards took over the fourth quarter and so even even with that it's like I think he see his game is starting to to decline and so it's just like 
how can I get this team going and how can I make my mark? And that's what it seemed like it has come to. An NBA champion and a proud Texan, Kendrick Perkins, joining us here on Amber and Ian here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And, and Perk, I ran into a former NBA head coach a, a few weeks ago in my travels for college and pro football. And I asked him about the in-season tournament, and he gave me a great description. He said, look, it's not for our generation. It's for the younger generation, and this will become a massive thing, see Premier League soccer. When you hear that, you agree or disagree, your reaction? Oh, I totally agree. And I was bought in from the jump as well. And just like a lot, you know, a lot of people had so many complaints about the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament has been so great for the NBA. For just the playoffs before the playoffs, uh, teams not taking the, the the regular season for granted no more. Now all of a sudden you add this play-in tournament where 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 guys could go compete for something. So in the in the middle of uh, November, in the month of December, where it seemed like it's a dead period in the NBA, is actually not. And then, and then they got these. Attractive courts. I don't know if they're attractive to everybody else, but they they doing their part, right? People talking about them, and you flipping your uh, through the TV and you flipping the channel and you hitting the channel button, and you see this court, you go tune in because you know this is something different. But I love it, and I also love how the vets been stepping up. LeBron, Steph Curry, talking about how they actually want to win the end season tournament, how they. Enjoy playing in it. Like, this is going to be a big thing. Certainly, the NBA hopes it will be a very big thing. Kendrick Perkins joining us here on Amber and Ian. That scuffle for Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert happened on one of those wild courts. We also saw a scuffle in Lakers-Grizzlies on one of those courts. So both of those counted towards the in-season tournament. Do you think those scuffles had anything to do with that? Like, are guys more fired up and more competitive right now because they know that this regular season game counts towards the in-season tournament? I, I, I do. I think it, it, it does play a part, but I think when you think about the scuffle with with the Timberwolves and Golden State, I think that was just from the physicality from the game before. But I mean when you just think about think about when you look around the league and look at the game's period, especially last night, I thought they were very intense. I thought, you know, it it, it the the atmosphere has been great. And guys are competing, like your stars are competing. And it's a lot of noise talking. It's a lot of physicality. And you know the great thing about it? I didn't see a lot of whistleblowing. Like, outside of the scuffles, you know, the refs are, are letting guys play through contact. It kind of was having, like, I wouldn't say that 80s feeling, but it had the 90s feeling <laughs> where they were allowing guys to, you know, touch up a little bit on the perimeter defensive end and get physical without blowing their whistle. It was great basketball to me all across the board. Perk, every now and then in any team, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, you can have an addition by subtraction. Is that Mm -hmm. the Philadelphia 76ers right now subtracting James Harden from their lineup? Absolutely. I mean, they they, they, they got the cancer out the room. And now all of a sudden you're starting to see, you're starting to see right the mergers of Tyrese Maxey and what he's capable of doing, which we all expected him to do this. But now you're seeing new life in Tobias Harris, 
right? He's averaging right around 20 points, you know, shooting, what, 57, 58% from the field. And, and, and you just see this team playing with great joy. And they're enjoying one another. No no hidden agendas, guys playing their role. And then all of a sudden you see guys like true vets, like Nicholas Batum, who's one of the most underrated role players in the game. And now you just see everybody buying into Nick Nurse. And it's just, you, you know, it's, it's beautiful basketball to watch. Um, and and B looks happy. That's the most important thing. I said this, I said this about three weeks ago. I said Tyrese Maxey is auditioning one for the big payday that's coming up. He's also auditioning to show the rest of the league that when you mention the uh, the, uh, the rising superstars that are around the league, we need to mention his name. Number three, he's auditioning most importantly for Joel and B. Joel and B, if Tyrese Maxey can continue to play like this throughout the season, throughout the postseason, and show that and, and make this what Joel and B saying, why why should I leave and when I can actually win with this young fella right here? I know he's going to go through his growing pains in the postseason. I think, I believe he will. But that's what Tyrese Maxey's audition to actually save the 76 franchise. All right, Perk. We know you're not afraid of a little 1942 Don Julio tequila. Yeah. Fine tequila. I drink a little bit. I mean, come on <laughs> with it now. If you can compare one young player to a 1942 fine sipping glass of Don Julio, who would it be? Ooh, you know who I would say? SGA. Shay Gillis Alexander. Oh, he's smooth. And you know, and you know, you know, with that 1942, you don't need you don't need a mixer. You no. know what I mean? Yes, sir. It's straight up, and it go <laughs> it go down smooth. So I'm gonna have to say SGA. <laughs> That's a good one. That's tequila good is one. Mm-hmm. tequila is too strong and bold to be yeah. Wemby right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> to be Wemby? Did t- you say yeah. Wemby? Hey, 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 hey oh listen, Wemby out there, he gets he gets a little dominated. Sometimes He's not seasoned enough yet, yeah, right? Perk for nineteen forty-two. Wemby's not seasoned enough. He got a season, got to season him just a little bit more, but the SGA is. Oh, love he it. is That's a Kendrick good one. Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. Thanks, Perk. All right, thanks for having me. Coming up oh next here on Amber and Ian, you have good. Don Julio from 1942 on your mind, huh? Oh, I'm looking at a picture of my daughter's crawfish boil, and a good friend of ours is a, is a rep for Diageo who reps Don Julio 1942, and he brought over. Three massive bottles. This is like eight years ago at our last crawfish boil where we're walking off the street. We're, we're, we're boiling 400 pounds of crawfish for her benefit for Texas Scottish Rite Hospital mm-hmm. where Rowan was a, a patient. And that Don Julio, we downed two of those bad boys. The big, tall, light-up bottles. We auctioned one off. It went for like $1,400. And that sounds cheap because in the club... I can't even You're imagine. You're probably playing. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Three thousand so, at least. Don that's- Julio is a fine tequila. Coming up there next year on Amber and Ian, Rob Gronkowski has an interesting idea of how the Browns can fix their immediate quarterback problems. It has something to do with Gronk's old team. That's next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Breaking news in the NBA. Perfect timing. I feel like Woj just heard us talking with Kendrick Perkins about Draymond Green and the Rudy Gobert scuffle where Draymond Green put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. He, of course, got ejected from that game. We knew he'd get suspended. We are waiting word of the suspension. We now have it. The NBA has suspended Draymond Green for five games for putting Rudy Gobert in yeah. a chokehold. I, I, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, Sounds I'm good right. with it. I, I mean, at least five at yeah, this point. Yeah, we were talking to Kendrick Perkins about this very thing. I mean, and he goes, man, that was, that was 80s NBA. You know, I mean, you're talking about Robert Parrish and Larry Bird going toe-to-toe with, you know, the bad boy, you know, Pistons with Bill Lambeer and the boys and Rick Mahorn and Dennis Rodman or, you know, it, what was it? It was the 40th anniversary of Dr. J. Cloak, I mean, just absolutely cold clocking Larry Bird right in the jaw. But it was legit back then. The yeah, doesn't no, that's feel what I mean. legit that, that, to me, That's man. my point. That, that, I mean, I, that's I get, why he got five games. Those dudes right. didn't even get suspended. Yeah. They got kicked out of the game when they were playing the next night. I mean, the Jordan Poole thing's separate because we weren't ever even supposed to see that. So maybe you could say that was legit, whatever. A lot of this other stuff that Draymond does, it feels so theatrical at this point. Which see, I, was, I would if you love missed, If you missed anything with Perk, by the way, check out the podcast. It's a great interview with Perk that we just had on Amber and Ian. Here's the thing, Amber, that Draymond Green is, is one of those guys, in my opinion, that if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, you can't stand the guy. Like, if he, you're a Miami Heat fan. If Draymond Green were to become and, and be traded to the Miami Heat, and the first time he defends Jimmy Butler, you're going, love him. But if he's playing against you, you can't stand him. That is that There are guys in every sport that have that kind of, of MO, that reputation. You, you hate him if he's against you, but if he's on your team, you adore him. Udonis Haslam was that guy for so many years, go. 20 years for the Miami Heat. That was the Maverick dude who was going to come that guy. fight you. Hate right, him. and that guy was legit going to fight. But it was legit with UD. Like, he is that dude. I, Draymond, I, I think if I was a Warriors fan, as Draymond's game starts to decline more, and I thought Perk just made an interesting point when he said he thinks that's part of it, is that he know that Draymond knows his game's declining some and that then, you know, the antics are kind of ramping up as he gets further into his career and, and, and hitting more of the decline there. I do think as his game's declining here, just inevitably age, right? Oh, this is all these, this core for the Warriors is an older core. It would get more annoying to me 
as a fan base, the Draymond antics. Do they still love it? I don't know if they still love it. It's like, I hey, think what's they the do. point of this Absolutely. Crime? He's part of the big three. They, yeah, they, there's zero doubt in my mind that they absolutely uh, not just not love, adore, anything. welcome. I mean, they're looking at that going, he was defending Clay Thompson. It literally cost them an NBA championship. Let's be honest. I, I, if he had not kick, I, kick I get it. Yeah. In to the, the nethers. Yeah, I get it. Still, they adore him. Why? There are more rings that they have won compared to ones that he has cost them. So, and that chokehold, I mean, that was that was that was professional wrestling esque. I mean, that was a r- rowdy Roddy Piper sleeper hold. That was a camel clutch from the Iron Sheik. I mean, that was that was impressive. It really meaning to the point about where about as fake as that too. <laughs> All right, James, James Steele's Steel. about to come in Don't right off the, the top row. Don't use the F word. Amber and it, it Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Hey, lawyer Amber, you might need you might need a lawyer uh, if you're going to rip wrestling in front of James Steele, who is also oh. a vested veteran. Uh, yeah, defending it's not our- Veterans Day anymore. I can go and after welcome, the wrestling. Amber, just saying, don't 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 go don't go hiking your leg on wrestling in, in front of James Steele now. That's her favorite always, thing to do. I will always I and forever. I, I don't know why she just Draymond Green could be a great heel he in wrestling. Will, I mean, he, he would be phenomenal. I'm telling you, WWE is calling that man when he retires from the NBA, as they probably should. And he's going to go on to take all of our jobs because he's also excellent at that. But I do feel like that's what he's planning for. He's planning for his future in broadcasting, which clearly is something he's going to end up doing with the podcast and everything else, and for his future, apparently. Heck, he's already on the TNT set. Whenever whenever the Golden State Warriors get eliminated, he's already up there with Chuck and everybody else. So, yeah. That is absolutely in his future, and he's going to be great at it. Is Mac Jones' future going to end up with the Cleveland Browns? Rob Gronkowski has a crazy idea. Here it is. He's not respected in New England. Coach Belichick has played all these games with him. Bailey Zappi isn't even close to being on Mac Jones' level. You should never, ever sit Mac Jones. You tried it once. You tried it twice. It's not working. Now he's doing it again. He won't name a starting quarterback. He's not respected there. I think Mac Jones should ultimately, even right now, should just go ask for his release. If you're talking to me about what he should do, ask for his release. And then if it's granted, he should go sign with the Cleveland Browns. That was from Up and Adams on wow. FanDuel TV. I am shocked by how strong those words were, yeah. frankly, when he was talking to Kate, because he's basically going after Bilicek there a little bit. I'm just surprised coming from Gronk, right? I mean, Not he basically. Is. Yeah, he he's did. insulting the way that Belichick has handled the Mac Jones situation. I could not agree with that portion of it more. If I'm the Browns, though, I'm not particularly interested. I was there calling the game in Mac Jones' first game as a pro coming out of Alabama. And all of us were in awe, going, oh, my God, this dude has got just it. I mean, the touch, you know, and the arm, is is it a cannon? No, but, I mean, there's been great quarterbacks in this league. Drew Brees didn't have a cannon. Joe Montana didn't have a cannon, right? But Mac Jones was remarkably accurate and could read a defense. And he makes the Pro Bowl as a rookie. And then his second year, Bill Belichick with his big football brain goes, you know what? I'm so brilliant. I'm going to have a defensive coordinator be my offensive coordinator. 
It ruined it ruined the young man. Ruined him. Set him back years. Where even Bill O'Brien coming in as a true offensive coordinator is still having to correct those mistakes, those bad habits that he he developed mentally and physically. I'm with Gronk. If I'm Mac Jones, I'm going, you know what? Hell with it. Cut me. Grant me my outright release. Take Bailey Zappi and let me go find and seek life elsewhere because I truly believe Mac Jones can be a winning quarterback in the National Football League. But Bill Belichick ruined him in year two. I don't think also it's just the coordinator situation there. It is the toggling that you heard Gronk reference with Bailey Zappi. It's, it's, for me, ludicrous. And we might see more of it because we just saw it this past weekend. And maybe Bailey Zappi's the guy moving forward. But this whole situation for Mac Jones, I feel like, has just decimated his chances of success. There are two teams left moving forward in the Pac-12. We will talk to the athletic director of one of them. What does it mean for the future after this season? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Conference realignment has certainly made the college football landscape very interesting moving forward after this year. And there is some big news on that front. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So an injunction, a preliminary injunction uh, was awarded Tuesday night to Oregon State and Washington State, which makes them the only remaining board members of the Pac-12 effectively right now. Oregon State and Washington State could control Pac-12 revenue, which could approach as much as $500 million oh. as the other schools oh. depart the Pac-12. Uh, let's bring in some help with this conversation. And for it, let's go straight to the top. Pat Chun, Washington State Athletic Director, Ian, somebody that we have known for a very long time. Yeah, let's bring him in, Amber, here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel. Lady and, and Pat, um, you're, you you got, you got a big brain. So of course, Amber is a lawyer, so she has a big brain. You you've known big us brain. for a long time, you've right? Never you never called me that. Yeah, big brain. I, I don't. I, let me process what that means. But go ahead. <laughs> Look, <laughs> okay. My brain that... was bigger before I started doing the radio show with Ian, Pat, yeah. as I'm I'm sure right. you can relate yeah. to. Hey, hey, Amber, just so you know, like like um, when when. Ian pulls me off the bench. Like, I'm basically one of his practice squad players. I'm not even good enough to make the, the active roster. You're so full so of when he, when, when you're calling me for, for an interview, this is, I'm, I'm a part of his practice squad. So I'm, I'm just happy to be in the game right now. You kill me. All right. We, we, full disclaimer, <laughs> we have known you for, for over 25 years now. Please explain to us in layman's terms, because you have a big brain. Amber does. I do not. As you know, I'm a hick from Louisiana. What has happened in the last 24 hours where Oregon State and your institution, Washington State, may have a big leg up on the 10 departing members of the Pac-12? Well, I, I, w- I, would, I would qualify it as, as we took a, a step forward 
And essentially what the judge granted yesterday was just basically affirming that the governance that was voted upon at one time by 12 active members and, and how we, you know, how it's structured and which essentially means um, once you notify you're no longer a conference, you lose your board seat, which means you lose a vote. Um, that was just reaffirmed yesterday. Now, um, you know, the expectation, which I believe is in motions today, is uh, th- that there will be an appeal filed. Uh, but I think it signals that, um, you know, for Washington State and Oregon State, that we are the two remaining board members of this conference. And what that means going forward is, uh, one, both schools want the opportunity to really do some work to figure out, can we rebuild the Pac-12? Um, a part, a lot of decisions have to go into the future, but there's also some decisions um, in the current year because there's a lot of liabilities in and around the conference that need to be settled before we move forward. But, uh, you know, yesterday was really kind of a step forward in just reaffirming that Washington State and Oregon State are the two remaining board members in the Pac-12 and should have, you know, all the say on what the future of the Pac-12 looks like. Washington State Athletic Director Pat Chun joining us. So as I understand it, Pat, the reason that the judge ruled in your favor is essentially deciding that it's irreparable harm if you can't go ahead and move forward immediately with things like scheduling and in control of this alleged 500 million or so that exists moving forward with the Pac-12. But there's also this caveat that I read about, and I'm just doing this very briefly, but I read about this California corporate law coming into play here as well in this picture where there could be a vote to dissolve the league and and how the remaining assets would be distributed in the face of the preliminary injunction here and knowing that it is being appealed by the end of the week and knowing that there's this California corporate law out there that could come into effect. How right now in the immediacy are you moving forward? Well, I think you, you, your your uh, lawyerly background just surfaced because I think those are kind of all the variables in plays, play right now. Um, I will tell you, though, that it, 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 it signals where at least a judge in the state of Washington um, views how the governance model is structured. Um, I mean, it's no secret. Once USC and UCLA announced they were leaving, they were removed from the board. Once Colorado announced they were removed from the board. And what that meant is there were no more meetings with representation or presidents from those conferences. So, uh, you know, the hope is, you know, really, to, you know, is, um, you know, this will continue to play out in the court system. Hopefully we maybe will get to mediated settlement. I don't know that. Uh, but the reality is this this will continue to play out. Time is not our ally at Washington State or Oregon State, but this is a step in the right direction because it just reaffirms that we are the two voting members in the Pac-12. Pat, how, look, we're talking about $500 million here. What's your level of confidence that you know that the 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 ten, the ten departing members don't have a claim to a single penny of that, and all of that goes to you and Oregon State? Well, I uh, and and Amber will tell you this is is the board has a, a a obligation to make decisions reasonable for everyone affected by the board, which is all twelve members. So for this year, I, like I, it's kind of lost in translation is. You know, the board has to do to make decisions based on what's best for the conference as a whole. Now, there are liabilities that, that really we need to fully dig into that legally need to be divided by 12. Uh, but I think those are, you know, I don't there is not a um, war chest of money that is coming to Washington State or Oregon State, especially for this year's distribution. 
But going forward um, with what potentially could be left in the conference from NCAA basketball units, what could be left in conference from CFP and Rose Bowl agreements, those are dollars that could bridge both schools for the next couple of years because you guys know this, you're in the space with me. This realignment thing is far from over. Uh, this current model that we're in for college athletics is, is um, arguably broken beyond repair right now. So there's so much more. The, the, the landscape is, is as, as tumultuous as it's ever been. More radical changes are coming around the corner. And both schools, you know, ultimately, based on this ruling and based on what's ahead of us, um, sh- should have some dollars, some distribution dollars on the go forward that will allow us to bridge a couple of years as this tumultuous college athletics world continues to set and reset around us. All right, Pat, I, I didn't need that because my wife just texted me. She's listening, driving home right now, and just, just texted uh, me going, uh, you should listen to not just your work wife, but your real-life wife, as Pat just said. So there you go. Thanks. Appreciate it, Pat. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Just needed that. Pat Chun, Washington State <laughs> Athletic Director, joining us here, getting Ian in trouble on Amber and Ian. So as I understand it, Pat, the NCAA rules require at least eight teams for a conference, but there's this two-year grace period. So if there only ends up being you and Oregon State in the Pac-12 for the next year or two after this one, how do you how how what are the proposals? I'm sure you can't tell us definitively, but what are the proposals like right now? How you would manage that from a schedule? perspective how would you get other games against other schools and deal with only two teams actually being part of your conference so those are the pressure points right now uh the the ncaa has a two-year grace period um for conferences to get back to eight you know obviously it wasn't contemplated that there'd be two left uh in a you know one-time 12-team conference but the way the rules are written and we've got it in writing from the ncaa that we have this two-year grace period uh, to, to maintain our FBS status. But, you know, but the reality in our industry is, um, you know, the transfer portals are going to open up here soon in football uh, and all the other sports. Uh, signing day uh, for football is coming up. So um, we have to have clarity for our coaches and our student athletes, uh, current and future, um, you know, before those dates come. So uh, we're working to try to come up with some type of, um, you know, for lack of a better term, scheduling agreement. Uh, the term I like to use is kind of the Notre Dame model is work with a conference or some conferences to try to get to, to work to, 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 to get some games uh, because we'll still, the two schools will still be the PAC 12 for the ne- at least for the next couple of years. Um, and we will need some home football games. So it, it's, we've, we've had dialogue. I, I would qualify them as uh, productive and functional and hopefully we're closer to a finish line with yesterday's ruling because it really reaffirms that these two schools can and will operate as a two-team conference during this two-year grace period and and you know there's there's you know there's hopefully um you know mutual benefits between us and 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 partnering with another conference to to schedule some football games would the branding still be the pac-12 then and if the answer to that question is yes is the reason for that because you'd want the opportunity to take the two-year grace period to then rebrand once you know what other schools are joining the conference I mean, if that's an offer to say um, uh, a sponsorship, uh, so it's the Pac-12 hosted by uh, Amber and Ian. If that's what you're offering, we could talk. We'll take we could talk. Ian Fitzsimmons has <laughs> some dough. The reality is, yeah. Yeah, the, the highest like the highest likelihood though is that we would we would we would keep the brand, and and we believe there's value in the Pac-12 brand. There's value in the IP, and 
as we go forward is, is try to figure out how do you leverage a 100-year-old conference, um, you know, with 100 years of history. Uh, there is no, uh, right now, um, is there an opportunity to rebuild something out west relative to, to not only college football, but all the sports. And it's like I said, the, the, the you know, where we're at in college al- athletics is we're, we're in a very, very tumultuous time right now. And uh, the things we've done in college football and the impact they've had on our other sports, you know, we're going to watch in real time as, as, as student athletes are flying across country for, for conference games uh, in, in, in all parts of the year. And, um, you know, there's a better way to do this. I'm a firm believer of that. And, uh, you know, you know, we just got to really make some smart decisions over the next couple of years to set us set us up for future successes. So, Pat, if you can, just for people just tuning in, how would you sum up what has happened in the last 24 hours and what you believe or what you want to see going forward? Well, Judge Leiby in, in Whitman County and in, in, in the little town of Colfax, uh, which you may have driven through at one time, Ian, if, if, um, uh, to get to Pullman from Spokane, uh, you know, just ruled in our favor that that the the Oregon State and Washington State are the two voting entities in the Pac-12 going forward, which is how the Pac-12 is you know operated at least since I, since at least since uh, the two LA schools have left. On the go forward, you know, we still have um, you know we th- this will still be played out in the court system unless a settlement can be made. Uh, but at least it's been signaled that um, the, the the how this conference has interpreted its bylaws. Uh, which has been on display the last two years. I think I'll, I'll misquote Judge Leiby here, but he said actions. He was raised where actions speak louder than words, and the actions of the conference were: when you leave, you lose your your voting privileges in that conference. So, um, so it, this this allows us to really at least put a little bit more, um, I guess, concrete and 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 hey, we're going to try to get this thing going for the next two years. We're going to start talking, you know, we're, we're, we got to figure out scheduling for next year. So that's step one for football and all of our sports. And then, you know, you're going to, two years is going to go by fast. Um, so we're, we're going to have to start making some long-term decisions on what the Pac-12 looks like and start having some, some real constructive dialogue with, with other conferences, other schools, uh, simply because this conference model is going to continue to change. Realignment is going to continue to happen. Um, you know, what, what, you know, direct to consumer with, with college football is around the corner. I think Bob Iger said in 2025, it, they're committed to, uh, for ESPN uh, to be sold direct to consumer. There's a lot of, you know, there's lawsuits on the horizon for, NC, for the NCAA as a whole. So there's just so much, there's so many tectonic, plates that are shifting right beneath college athletics that both schools just just need to make some smart decisions let's see let's continue to navigate this challenging and changing landscape and let's make sure we're we're positioned correctly um, as realignment continues to happen We've known you for a quarter century. You know not, not to use big words. Please, come on. <laughs> I stop. loved it. I loved everything about that. Those weren't big words. Pat Chun, Washington State Athletic Director. Pat, you have 50% of the voting rights for the Pac-12. I feel pretty good about our chances then of getting Amber and Ian right. funded exclusively right. by Ian sponsor, Fitzsimmons, yeah. by the way, as the title sponsor of the Pac-12. Any thoughts on Jim Harbaugh, Pat? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you guys, you guys coming to Pullman for a live show uh, when we play Oregon State next year. I, I, I feel that I'm in. in my, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, in gonna, I'm gonna speak that into existence. Let's you make guys it stay happen. At the you house. We can, yeah, we can take you to the Coug. Um, it, it, it'll be like old times for me and Ian to be at a bar the night before a football game, but we don't have to go <laughs> that far into our history together. Um, but 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 you have Please the open don't. invitation. This show has the open invitation to come uh, come to come to Pullman. Thanks, we appreciate it. Thanks so much, Pat.
All right, go Cougs. Thank you, guys. See you, buddy. Bye, man. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we have not talked about Jim Harbaugh today, so it's time. We will get into the Michigan sign-stealing scandal next. Get to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan sign-stealing scandal in just a minute. We have sound from his brother, John Harbaugh. Ravens head coach in the NFL. He, of course, was asked about his brother, the head coach of Michigan. He came to his defense, but it is good sound. I think it's interesting. We'll get to that in just a moment. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. But Ian, first, I want to get your thoughts on some breaking news that we got within the last couple hours out of college football where James Madison and Jacksonville State are officially ineligible to play in conference title games. The NCAA denied a waiver request from the two schools to play for a conference championship and be fully bowl eligible this season. Okay. Now, we just hung up with, a, with an athletic director and a Power 5 conference in Washington State AD, Pat Chun. And I wish I had that intel when we just talked to him because he would have gone off. Um, and to me, Amber, there are certain – there are exceptions to every rule. And I understand when James Madison came into and made the jump from, you know, for our generation, D1AA to D1, right? Mm-hmm. FCS, FBS. You agree to terms where you are not eligible for a bowl game in your first two years. But Curtis Signetti, the head coach at, at James Madison, and, th- and those young men have exceeded every expectation. They are undefeated. They are ranked in the top 25. You're going to tell me you're going to put a – five-win team or a six-win team ahead of James Madison, there's an exception to a rule. And the NCAA, blind, I really, this is what drives me nuts. I, I, now you're getting me on, on, a, on a soapbox and I'm going to get angry. When the direct deposit, known as Mark Emmert, left as acting president of the NCAA, all that dude cared about was his direct deposit. His two-plus million dollars a year. You bring in Charlie Baker, who was a politician, right, from Delaware, but he he has a tie to college athletics. I really thought that we were going to have integrity and common sense brought into the NCAA. I could not have been more incorrect. Because now the new NCAA president, you are just as freaking blind and stubborn as the one that just left. James Madison deserves to be playing in a bowl game. They are better than some of the six-win teams that you're going to give the reward of being mediocre and going on a bowl trip, whether it's to Miami, Orlando, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona. I don't name a name a destination. I don't care. These guys, you're going to reward teams for mediocrity instead of an exceptional season. And I understand the rules are in place, but there is an exception to a rule, and you could have made that very exception, and you chose not to. Therefore, you are an empty golf shirt, just like Mark Emmert was. That's a, you have not changed anything, and that is so disappointing to me, Amber. It, it It's beyond fingernails on a chalkboard. It is just turning a blind eye and going to play golf and checking your damn bank account instead of really doing what matters 
to the kids and the players and the coaches that have earned the right to go bowling. I'm not always one that is on the side of, oh, well, it's common sense to just do it because I understand. I think this is the lawyer in me sort of understanding the complexities, right, that exist within these sorts of organizations that have tons of rules and also has processes for circumventing those rules. And it's not always so easy as, oh, this makes sense. So this time we should let them break the rules. But I will say in this particular situation, my understanding of why the rule exists, and it makes sense. You need a grace period because if you're going from, like you said, the, you know, what did you call it? D2 to D1, you know, D1 to try to make D1 it right to make it easy FBS, for our generation. FCS, right. Yes. So if you're, if you're making that jump, right. There used to be growing pains associated with that jump where you would have been playing somewhat of the old schedule mixed with the new schedule. In other words, not all of your opponents would be those air quotes D1 opponents. And because of that, you wouldn't want to reward them if they're playing lesser competition than everybody else. So I sort of understand that during that two-year span. That is not the case here with James Madison. As I understand it, James Madison's wins are coming off uh, against also other major FBS programs. They are 10 and 0 this season. They are 6 and 0 in the Sun Belt. If they were eligible to play in the Sun Belt title game, they'd clinch the East Division with a title win over App State and they'd host and they're hosting ESPN's College Game Day on Saturday. They would have clinched the East Division rather with the title win over App State in week 12. Jacksonville State is a half game out of second place in Conference USA. They could have played for the title with wins over Louisiana Tech and New Mexico State here to round out the season. These schools are playing other real schools here, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> and they're playing them and they're undefeated. And now they can't Utah compete State, with everybody Troy, else. Virginia, all D1 schools, all yeah. FBS schools, they've beaten all of them. They're 10-0. and 0. Let the so boys it's, play. It's stupid. It, like, the reason for the rule doesn't actually exist in this case. So there are ways. You could have found ways around the rule. You could have made exceptions. Exception seems to be something that is impossible, though, for the NCAA at every turn. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 